0: This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Flourish at Home Show. Your host, Mary Jo Tate, is an international book editor, the homeschooling mom of four boys, and the author of Flourish, Balance for Homeschool Moms. Mary Jo loves to help moms find peace, order, and balance by sharing practical tips, inspiration, and encouragement. Visit her website at flourishathome.com. And now, here's your host, Mary Jo Tate. Jo Tate. Welcome to the Flourish at Home Show. In our last episode, we began talking about my Freedom Toolbox, seven tools for making the most of our time so that we can live balanced, peaceful lives. These are the tools, Focus, Reflect, Educate, Eliminate, Discipline, Organize, and Multitask. Last time we looked at the first two tools, Focus and Reflect. Today, we'll discuss the third tool, educate. Now, I'm not talking about educating our children. I'm talking about educating ourselves. We'll look at why, how, and when to educate ourselves. First, why. When my second son, Andrew, was nine years old, he asked me one day why I kept going to conferences. I told him I want to learn new things. With a mixture of shock and alarm, he replied, You mean you're not fully educated yet? He was just horrified, but it was a great opportunity to explain that we should never stop learning and growing. At the age of 87, Michelangelo reportedly said, "Ancora Imparo, which means I am still learning. Isn't that an inspiring example? It's especially easy for homeschooling moms to get so caught up in educating our children that we forget about educating ourselves. The truth is that all of us need to expose ourselves to new ideas and new strategies on a regular basis for all three major life areas, personal, family, and business. You need to sharpen your own skills and broaden your mind, learn new ideas and methods for training and educating your children and running your household, and discover new ways to build your business, if you have one. Zig Ziglar loved to say, you are who you are, and what you are because of what has gone into your mind. You can change who you are and what you are by changing what goes into your mind. The fact is that educating yourself is not a luxury. Don't think that you're not working when you're learning new things. Just don't let education become an excuse for avoiding action. Be sure to implement what you learn. One more reason why it's important to educate yourself is this. If you want your children to value reading, they need to see you reading for pleasure as well as for learning. So, once you're persuaded of the importance of educating yourself and to spend time reading, what's the way to get the most advantage from it? Well, the first goal is to think about what you're reading, not just to pass your eyes over the words on the page, but to really think about it. This applies to practical nonfiction or inspirational books or really even if you're reading fiction for pleasure, If you think about it, it'll be a much richer experience. One good way to do this is to keep a reading journal. Dawson Trotman, who founded The Navigators, said, Thoughts tend to disentangle themselves when they flow over the tip of a pencil. A reading journal isn't the same thing as a personal diary or a day planner. It should contain reflections on your reading, what you learned, great quotes you want to remember, things you want to do as a result of what you read, and so on. Now, some of you may shiver a bit at this next tip, but I think it's a great idea to write in your books. You're really not violating a sacred space unless you happen to own a rare first edition. But it's a great way to interact with the author. Writing in your books while you read makes reading more active and engages your mind on more levels. It makes the book your own. It helps you review it easily when you want to go back and see, Oh, what was that that I read? What was that that I needed to remember? You can find it if you marked it. I find it nearly impossible to read without a pencil in hand. I'm so used to this habit. Well, what do you mark? I like to underline, put a star by, or bracket important passages. I often write captions or keywords at the tops of pages. I often argue with the author in the margin. That can be a lot of fun. You can create your own topical index in the front or back of the book. You can create a character list to keep track of characters in fiction. When you're reading an author like Dickens, who has about a bazillion characters, this is especially helpful. And you can mark favorite quotes that you want to come back to for inspiration or encouragement. If you want more tips on how to read thoughtfully and well, I highly recommend the book called How to Read a Book by Mortimer Adler and Charles Van Doren. And you can also find some more tips at my blog for book lovers, Eclectic, Bibliophile.com. That's E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C-B-I-B-L-I-O-P-H-I-L-E, eclecticbibliophile.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for a free report with a list of my favorite books about choosing good books, as well as my top ten recommendations for books about homeschooling. Well, writing in your books is all well and good if you own the books, but what about if it's a borrowed book or a library book? What I do is use an index card as a bookmark. Then I can make a list of pages to come back to and take notes. Sometimes I make the notes while I'm reading, but sometimes that slows me down. So the markable index card as a bookmark is a great way to keep track when you don't want to mark the pages yourselves. And if you just can't bear to write in the books that you own, it works for those too. Now it's useful to keep a record of what you've read and studied. What we read really has a profound impact on us, whether it's for education or entertainment, instruction or escape, it shapes who we are and who we become. Back in July of 1986, when I graduated from college, I began keeping a list of every single book that I read. I wish I had started doing it much sooner. I would love to remember the names of some of the books that were important to me in my childhood, and I can remember a lot of them, but there's more that I would love to know. But it's never too late to start. I've been keeping my list for almost 30 years now, and it's over 100 pages long. Yes, I read a lot. So, what do you record? If you want to keep a reading record, um, this is what I like to keep. I list the author, the title, and the date I completed the book. Now, I log them by the date completed because I usually have several books going at one time, and I might pick up a book, start it, set it aside, and come back to it much later. So, for me, the most useful date is when I actually completed reading the whole book. Now there's a couple of different ways to do this. You can keep a lovely handwritten journal, maybe in a moleskin notebook or a journal that you design yourself that's very warm and personal and authentic. Another way is to keep it on the computer. Now this is what I like to do. It's not quite as um, warm, but it does have the advantage of making it searchable and it's also portable. You can also make a note on the title pages of your books. I like to go on the title page and just write in the top right corner what date I completed it. So when I come back to it, I can remember, oh yeah, I read this book a couple of years ago and it made a difference. And then maybe you read it again and you learn something new. A really good book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, will have something new for you every time that you read it. I also suggest keeping a reading record for your children until they can keep it for themselves. This is not only part of documenting your homeschool, but it's just a great keepsake for them as well. Well, when can you read? Maybe you're thinking, all this sounds great, but how can I possibly find time to read when my life is already much too busy? I need less to do, not more. Well, I do understand that, but the fact is we all make time for what's most important to us. You just have to decide to make your own education a priority, just as you've decided to make your children's education a priority. Cicero said, read at every weight. Read at all hours. Read within leisure. Read in times of labor. Read as one goes in. Read as one goes out. The task of the educated mind is simply put, read to lead. One mom told me that she would really like to have an hour a day to read. I encouraged her to find a way to make it happen because it was important to her. Depending on your circumstances and your goals, an hour a day may seem like an impossible dream or it may seem like not nearly enough. But whatever you can do, even if it's just 15 minutes at bedtime every night, do find a way to make reading and learning a regular part of your life. There's so many formats available now. I've spoken so far mostly in terms of reading books because that's my favorite way to learn. But there are many, many ways that you can learn and educate yourself. Print books, e-books, audio books, magazines, blogs, live conferences and conventions, teleseminars, webinars, podcasts, audios, videos, Online courses and home study courses, and I'm sure there's more that I haven't even thought about listing here. Audiobooks are a particularly good way to build reading and learning into what you're already doing because it allows you to multitask. You can listen to books on tape while you're driving, or exercising, or doing household chores, and you can listen to recorded books as a family as well. You can read during a family reading time. In addition to reading aloud together as a family, you can also read separate books individually and then spend some time talking with each other about what you're enjoying and learning. Bedtime is my favorite time to read when I'm ready to wind down for the night. I'll usually spend some time reading before I fall asleep at night. So whatever it takes for you to fit reading and learning into your life, I encourage you to examine your life find a way that you can set aside some time and set an example for your children in continually learning and growing. Whether you want to make more time for reading or any other priority, you'll find many more strategies in my book, Flourish Balance for Homeschool Moms. It's available at many online retailers and also available through my website and blog at flourishathome.com. I'll see you next time on the Flourish at Home Show. Thanks for tuning in to the Flourish at Home show. For more encouragement, visit Mary Jo at flourishathome.com. The Flourish at Home show is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.